Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Momos and the Appas, a podcast discussing the Avatar universe's folklore, episode by episode. We're your hosts, Eric Lefebvre, Dr. Amber Jones, and Jessica Tercero. We're continuing our journey through Avatar The Last Airbender. We're on book one, Water, and we've made it to chapter 12, The Storm. In another linchpin chapter, the gang come to a random fishing town. Dreams and nightmares trigger some past lessons for the Avatar and Zuko. So we have once again arrived at a very pivotal episode in the first season of Avatar The Last Airbender. A lot happens here. Mm -hmm. We get, this is one of the episodes that we keep referring to in like some of the earlier episodes about Aang's history and a bit of Zuko's history. And we're starting to dig deep into some of the trauma. Yes. And I would say that in this episode, maybe even seeing like the most traumatic days in Aang's life and Zuko's life, Um, And I think it'll be interesting to discuss what each of them are doing with those painful lessons from the past. 100%. Yeah, it's it is interesting to watch them try and navigate that. I think Mm -hmm. with Aang's storyline, we get more of like uh, internal look from his perspective where he's like, I'm looking inward. I'm seeing Mm -hmm. this. And with Zuko. Zuko is not doing any sort of internal treatment or internal reflection. It's more of the how the world sees him. And yeah. us as the viewer are being told, hey, he has been through mm-hmm. some shit. <laughs> Let's have a little empathy. <laughs> Let's like spend some time considering yes. the badness and the trauma of his upbringing and the toxicity that is Lord Fire Lord. Because he's not even the one that's Ozai. telling the story, <laughs> yes. right? Like, Aang, no. Aang tells his story to Katara, and he's, mm-hmm. like, he's ready to kind of, like, deal with that or, like, mm-hmm. start to open up. And Zuko, like, it it all comes through Iroh. Yeah. Iroh is the one who, like, gives, helps people understand him. But, like, Zuko is, like, not ready to even fucking touch that because he's still, yeah, he like... he doesn't even want to be around them. He doesn't want to reconcile that memory or even what his quest is like what his father did to him um what his father is to him like he's not ready for any of that and he won't be for a while you know and it's I think it's really funny or not funny but like uh, again very intentional that the quest the impossible quest that the father sent that Ozai sends Zuko on is the thing that ultimately leads him to his rejection of that and like his his own redemption you Mm. know um but yeah he's not ready in this episode so this episode starts with ang's dream yeah and ang's dream he is flying on appa and katara is flying on a giant momo and i can't remember what sokka is flying on but he also has something I don't remember either. Was he just flying? I don't, I don't know. Remember. I don't, I think don't he remember was. either. But I know he had his own craft, if you will. <laughs> um, but anyway, they're laughing, they're flying, and it's it's angelic almost. And um, 
Katara and Sokka say to Aang, we need you, Aang. And Aang goes like, ha ha ha, I need you too. Um, but then instantly gets a little little flash, maybe a little Avatar powers um, action, but he gets a, just like a lightning bolt in an outline of Lord Ozai. One, it's just a really, really cool way that they're telling the story where at this point, um, we haven't even heard Ozai's voice. All we have seen are like outlines uh, and references to Ozai. And so they're doing a really good job of really building up how terrifying this person is. Um, I looked it up. He is flying on Aang's glider. Oh, yes. So he's on the glider. Uh, Katara's on Momo and Aang is on Appa. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, not that that was like pertinent information, but I just wanted to. <laughs> but I, yeah, I just wanted. I'm glad I also I was know curious. now. Because <laughs> <laughs> maybe there's some symbolism here. Maybe yeah. there's some like you know. A hundred percent. I love this lore with Lord Ozai, and where we get to see, like you were saying, mm-hmm. some of the insidiousness of him. Um, it's also the first time we see uh, Azula. <gasps> Azula, sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh, I almost forgot her name. Oh, um, where we n- have no idea who she is, we yeah. can assume from visual context, context yeah. that she is the sister, and that is the family because it is like, oh no, it's not the chief; it's his dad who he has the uh, Agni Kai with. Mm. Fuck, and like, you see the family, you see her face, and she is smiling. She's beaming. Diabolically. She's so diabolically, and. I can't wait. Like, I don't know what this experience was like for huge fans as it aired, but to to even like, I guess, spend time thinking, who the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. Like, when are they going to show this person? I cannot. I just. <laughs> ooh. Uh, yeah. Do we even know that Zuko has a sister at this point? I don't, I don't think, think so. we do. Like, so. I think this is a moment where I there's like the a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. He brings her up is uh, in like the finale. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just as you were talking, it made me think of like those old ads for um, like the last Harry Potter films that was like, did you know? Did you know then that you had just met the most powerful? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's kind of like I don't I don't want to be like a little little fanboy about it, but like I kind of feel that way about Azula because she is oh, so yes. she's like she is the epitome of power and of like Azula like, deserves all the fanboy. And because she, like, yeah, in just like that little image of her. It, it it speaks volumes like just yeah. i mean obviously because it's we know the context of who she is and how that story unfolds but like she is pure chaos and power and privilege and like rage and 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 like unfair misogyny and like yeah. uh nepotism like she is all of these things just brewing in this mm-hmm. complete like such a powerful and such a talented person mm-hmm. and just the the like the slew of what that becomes is such an interesting character she's so cool it is. she's so fucked up and she's so messy so fucked love up. her 
Oh. Um, yeah, Lois. I'm going to share this because I, I found that screenshot because I really wanted to, to see. Because <laughs> yeah. there is somebody we, else behind. We want to talk more like, about this face. <laughs> uh, well, because like, there is somebody else behind there, and I forget who it is. I the feel, tall person. I Who's the yeah. tall person? Um, yeah. But you can see that they're all is in. Admiral Zhao? There's Admiral Zhao, and then there's somebody else who's also, like, intentionally illuminated in this. Um, I just forget who they are. Mm -hmm. Here we go. I just, uh, listeners, I just Googled um, first first time we see Azula and looked at the images. Mm. And here it is. But you see Iroh with, like, just the most terror and, like, sadness on his face. Zhao, who's, like, fucking smug. Azula, who's, like, got her hand up. Like, she's ready to be the one to, like, fucking burn him. Yeah. She's, she is, like, she is picturing herself as her father. She wants to be him so badly that she's, like, I'll fuck him up, too. I would do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's so like this, this little smirk, oh, and it's like a raised too. eyebrow. You sh- mm-hmm. Like legit, she's like, yeah, I'll do whatever it takes. And I know that this is what has to be done. And you're just like, ooh, she's so ready and she's so hungry for this. And she has not said a word. And I'm like, I'm sold. I know. I'm sold on um, this character. <laughs> <laughs> and up. I can only imagine that like what's going through her he- head at this moment, because it's also like, she understands her father a lot because she's also a second born her brother got all of this privilege just because he has a penis yeah and mm-hmm. she and still like you know she always looked down on him he was like and you know he is soft he likes hanging out with mom and playing with ducks and he was <laughs> never the warrior that you really want to secede you daddy yeah. Um, and so like I could see her like with that mindset and being like, yeah, burn the fuck out of him. Yeah. Like he deserves it. He doesn't deserve all this other fucking coddling you've been doing. Like, let's yeah. be honest. Is I'm this, sure yeah. Is this guy no. back here? Sorry, like, is that the one that um teaches Sokka how to um mm. in, in that one episode? Because we know he's Fire Nation. Is or see it? someone else because everybody so. else is okay. I don't know. I just remember him because... being really sexy, and that guy's kind of normal. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is definitely not hot, so he's not the same. We'll come yeah. back to this in that um, episode, but I'm like, I yeah. feel like because everybody else behind them is like, so I'm like, this is somebody, isn't it's, he? Well, that's what so I'm also like, curious because it's like it's very Master clear. Pian Dao. That's the sexy that's, guy. Okay. Like in this photo, it's very clear character designs of who they're showing us. Like mm-hmm. these are people who you will see and will speak and will have a part in the story because everyone behind them has no definitive features. Mm. They're just background essentially. Like we um, might meet that guy. I think he's like he's a general or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He is somebody that I feel like that Zuko has to face later on or like that yeah. we, we see i don't know i'm gonna remember this face and i'm gonna bring it back we have to we have to bring it back maybe like, in like the season one yeah i'm sh- yeah i'm sure Finale. we'll see him again there's a reason we're being shown him there's a reason he's there yeah in the same way that azula's here there's a reason he is in this group mm-hmm. um yeah. 
So I guess that's going to be a little. And he's not like a copy paste person, like all the people in the background. (laughs) He's not just background furniture. He is a character. He is present. Um, (laughs) So yeah, that's like that's one of the huge things for the episode that I think is like so intrinsic and so important to like explaining this history. It's this Agni Kai. It's this moment of complete repulsion. This moment of of trauma. This moment of like everything's different because of this moment because he wanted he he spoke up for the humane the inhumane actions of his father and of his people and said that's wrong he stood up for these people and he was punished for it and you see it's just so good Um, and it's not even just like people of the world like it's it's their own countrymen it's it's fire nation yeah where they're like oh here's all the newbies we're just gonna go sacrifice them and actually do the real thing over here and immediately zuko is like like there for like two seconds and it's like excuse me we're not doing this what the fuck (laughs) and he's even like i i I do think that the way that the story is told in the context of this of of the episode is cool too that it's like iroh telling these like they're like fuck him he sucks he's this kid who's trying to put our lives in danger blah 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 and iroh's like yes that is true he does suck and he doesn't give a shit about you however Let's talk about why that is. Not to forgive him, not to excuse it. I would just like to paint y'all a picture just on his history. And in doing so, they're all like, oh, shit. And he's like, yeah, oh, shit. His life sucks. Like, he's been fucked over so hard by his family. The one person he wants to love him has destroyed his life. Mm -hmm. And he will do almost anything to get that love back, even though it's not possible. Mm -hmm. That achievement is not possible. And that's why he's willing to do these things. And they're like, oh, I guess we're just like in a bad position. He's like, yeah, unfortunately, that is what's going to happen. But he does have a heart. Remember that at the end of the day. And I think that that like to some degree. And we see that at the end of the episode. Right. We're like, do he does he chase the avatar or does he save his crew members? And Mm -hmm. he decides to climb the ladder and say, like, yeah, let him go. Let the avatar go. It's not worth it. We'll go back at another time. I made a mistake. Let's get him down. We need to save our people first. And you're like, yeah, cool. And this really gives us context, too, for why Zuko is the way that he is. Because, yeah. you know, like, like we know at the end of, like, every episode that he is going to choose the safety of his crew members. Like, mm-hmm. above this, he is not going to all of these empty threats that he gives his uncle. He's not going to act on them. But, like, his father, before he burns him, says, you will learn respect and suffering will be your teacher. And so... He's trying to put on this person, put on this facade, like of mm-hmm. like, okay, this is what my dad said, and this is how you get respect, and this is how you do this, and he keeps trying it on, but it doesn't work, and that's not him. But because mm-hmm. he's so desperate for, um, for that love and attention, for you know everything that um, misogyny and uh, patriarchy has like just completely um, starved him of like with in terms of like male connection and um, and just like any sort of like any sort of peace ever because it's like everything is is just so incredibly violent he keeps mm. trying this on and even in like the first few episodes like it doesn't feel right with him it it feels foolish it doesn't feel like a good fit for him like we we never see that as zuko we're like oh this this something's off and that's why when he has his redemption arc later Mm. it's like okay this is him this i see this this is 
where he belongs like and so yeah getting this context which we didn't have before which i know that we've referenced uh mm. this is the episode and it's just so yeah. important for everything that is like central to zuko's character so yes i agree with all of that it also just made me think of so this particular flashback also makes me um wonder lots of different questions about firebender culture one so zuko has this big old burn on his face and we hear the one crew member saying like oh i thought he was in a training accident which like would be i would imagine a normal thing and so one there's part of me i was like uh i wish that they showed other members of the fire nation with random burns because i feel like that's gotta happen sometime um and especially given like their ruthlessness and their culture there's probably a lot of domestic violence going on um and and then at the same time i was like but like when they show that flashback there are like hundreds of people that are watching this how did they not know um and i've i've seen some people (laughs) break down like even like in the crowd you see some people wearing green and they're like oh my god those are like kiyoshi warriors <laughs> and like over there there's some like water nation um really? but then yeah like you can see some green and blue even in the audience and it's just like i want to know what how why yeah um and but then um uh, so one part does make sense like when um, the Fire Lord is actually like talking to Zuko saying like, oh no, um, you're going to get this pain right now and suffering's going to be your teacher. Like, uh, like they don't have microphones. So people probably didn't hear that part. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, well, maybe then they thought that they were doing some sort of skit and like Zuko did the wrong thing and he got burned or something. I don't know. Uh, it also makes me think okay seeing as like we literally see no one else with like random burns that could have been an accident especially like on their face it does make me think of like as bad as fire lord ozai is there has to be a part of them that like oh i'm gonna banish zuko because i don't want to look what i did to my own son's face oh that's a hundred percent part of it yeah that's gotta be because they're like for as as malicious and as uh-huh. toxic as he is, I'm assuming there is shame attached to yeah. that. Like, I know that this is just what I did and what I had to do. Maybe I regret it, maybe I don't. Mm. But his face reminds me of this thing. Yeah. Like, I know I'm a bad guy or whatever, like yeah. as a leader, but deep down. He's still a person, and that is his yeah. kid. And that's why yeah. he, the mom isn't around either, right? He yeah. had to get rid of her. He's Anybody already that... sacrificed his own partner who, yes. like, you know, they might have had love at some point. But, yeah. like, so in is... order to continue down yeah. this path that he put himself on, anything that makes him rethink his choices or, like, you know, just do any sort of reflecting in any, like, real way on, like, what he's doing with the world. Like, he mm. can't have that around. Which is lovely in the context of the narrative because we get the exact opposite in Iroh, his yes. brother. We get this, his son, the death, it changes 
everything for him. Mm-hmm. I no longer want to be this person. I no longer want to do these things. Mm-hmm. I see the 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 consequences of my actions. Mm-hmm. I no longer want to do this. Whereas uh, Ozai doesn't even want to face them. He banishes his actions so he never has to face the consequences or the shame attached to those actions. So he's trying to like be as emotionless as possible. Whereas um, Iroh is confronted with that and just embraces. Yeah, this is bad. I'm bad. I did bad things. I don't want to be bad anymore. I don't want to do bad things anymore. It's said, Oh, it's such an interesting like dichotomy. Like what a cool way to put them. And I mean, we already know that about Ozai and Iroh, but like it's, in this history, as we get to know Ozai a little bit more, it's interesting to see that start to unfold. Another thing we get to see from Iroh, uh, yes. is... I was like, do yeah. you want to go? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you, you say no. it. You say Daddy Poseidon. Daddy Poseidon. Uh, yes. So in uh. like the heart pumping, oh my God, we're stuck in the storm. What are we going to do? Is our tiny little ship going to be tossed? And like Iroh's literally, he's looking around and then you see him like stop on a point. And in that like exact point, that is where some lightning strikes and he freaking, what's it called? The redirecting of lightning. Redirecting actual lightning from motherfucking mother nature. Yeah. Um, It's like the baddest ass thing ever. It's so cool. (laughs) And it's so, it doesn't even get recognized here. It just happens. They don't even see it. And it's kind of like a slapstick comedic moment where like uh-huh. he pauses and he's free frozen in place and his hair is all like standing on him like oh <laughs> uh, uh, like like it's like too much i mean he did it and he's so powerful and cool yeah but i love that like the episode later when he's like i know how to do this you're gonna need to learn how to do this yeah i'm gonna show you how to do it safely we're seeing him in practice without any yeah. sort of exposition wrapped in it doing it already yeah. and it's like not even talked about and it's so it's such like a yeah like i it's such a i i never noticed that before and as soon as it happened i'm like yes a <laughs> it's iroh a it's iroh the hottest person in this story yeah but b because it becomes such a plot point later uh-huh it's so cool to see just yes like, um oh. yes like that man guided lightning through his body and he was mostly okay at the yeah. end imagine what he yeah. could guide me through my god oh my god <laughs> my god oh uh, we're just a thirst pod now to goodness gracious he could do it those I swear. arms in those arms <laughs> those strong strong arms which we get to see later iconic Obsessed. Oh my god! We've already seen. <laughs> we we've already seen. Yes, we will continue we've to see. Already seen, but yes. <sighs> okay. And definitely yes. is the only one <laughs> in like the whole universe who has done that. Yeah. I yeah. don't know if it shows up in any of the graphic novels or comic books, but I doubt it. Yeah. 
Um, and if you compare it with the scene later where he's teaching Zuko um, how to redirect lightning, he talks about how it's all about seeing like these positive and negative charges and seeing where they're going to smack together and being able to guide them and to think like, they were in a fucking storm threatening their life the boat being tossed all over the place and he is still seeing these fucking energy particles and that's also like scanning the energy particles so he could keep his people safe and that's what he does emotionally for fucking everybody in the show right that is the whole crux of his character Ooh, yes like as as soon as you verbalized it exactly that way, Amber. Yes, exactly. I felt the same way, Jazz. It's he is literally the liaison for conflict. Yeah. The meeting of these positive and negative energies. He liaises mm-hmm. Zuko the entire way at every yes. pass. He is the one guiding him through and redirecting that energy. He's redirecting all of these ways to guide him to a place he needs to be. He That's redirected it. the crew's anger to show them he more did. of the mm-hmm. truth. And it's mm-hmm. all, it is all perspective based. He is so good yes. at perspective shifting in a way that is both humane, kind, and empathetic. And that is his whole deal. And in, in, oh. Because in order to like truly oh. redirect, right, you can't you can't pretend that one doesn't exist. You can't pretend that the negative doesn't yeah. exist. It would no. not work. Absolutely. So and like acknowledging that both of these things exist and they can exist in no. the same time at the same space. Like and then like, yeah, redirecting it's a, from yes. there. It's a Which is- it's a matter of acknowledging the power, understanding that power and helping guide that power instead of trying to change anything mm-hmm. about it. Yes, that's Damn. that's exactly what he says to Zuko when he's teaching him how to do it. Literally, says, like remember, Ugh. like this power isn't yours; you are its humble guide. Yes, y'all, Iconic. we're so fucking. Smart. Oh my god, we're yes. so smart. Obsessed. I row obsessed. He's honestly just. Where would we be without you? It, it, nowhere. This story, nowhere. like in the same way, Iroh and Katara are the god entities here honestly yes if they mm. renamed it the story of iroh and katara it would they make... would not have to change anything and not we'd be like yeah that totally makes sense like it's yeah. cool that that uh. ain guy was there <laughs> yeah, but like really who's like who's helping this story who is creating this story who's, who's crafting it for this? them yeah yes yeah. Well, speaking of Aang, I think the other side of yes. this very intense story is we get him running away from his problem. We see him, yes. his whole history of acknowledging that he is the Avatar, getting that information, him losing his friends. And the thing that he is mo- the most ashamed of, which was he ran away. He ran away at a time when people needed him because he didn't know what to do. And he felt isolated and he felt he felt he felt afraid and that's mm-hmm. like the biggest shame that he has to confront here that introspection of like you know what no i d- even katara's like well it's not your fault he's like well kind of is actually and here's mm-hmm. why and you're like oh okay he's digging in mm-hmm. what is really cool about um this episode also is it is kind of like the first purposeful 
um showing of the dichotomy of the i the avatar and the fire lord even though we have no idea that zuko will ever be one day the fire lord um but like you know they confirm that dichotomy like in season three when they have that episode yeah but here is really where they start purposefully showing no these two have a real link to each other um they have a link in their fears they have a link in what they're trying to make out of themselves um and that is like just the biggest little easter egg for the future future yeah it's it's a very intentional way to establish the remainder of the story yes they were both also taken away from their father figures right yeah one was um one was just going to be taken away because the avatar and this is what you have to do and the other was fucking banished but like that was also kind of the catalyst for literally the entire for this entire thing like for Aang running away and everything it was when Gyatso was going to be taken away from him that he was like I can't deal with this I can't deal with the world anymore so like the trauma of that I didn't think about the daddy issues of it all (laughs) I mean honestly it's a big daddy story Big it's a daddy big story. daddy story as yeah. a whole for almost every character yeah. from Iroh to Katara, <laughs> to Katara and Sokka. Yes. Similarly, yes, I feel like everyone's got issues. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the moms, I mean, like we hear about Katara's mom dying, yes. but like other than that, and I mean, we hear a couple things about Zuko's mom, but the mamas aren't around. Yeah, you, they have that you, horrible like disease of the absent mothers. Uh-huh. Should we ch- should we change the name of the podcast to a bad case of the daddies? <laughs> <laughs> got, I, sorry, I caught a bad case of the daddies. I'm so sorry. I mean, also arguably in Cora, like our follow up in Cora, like I mean, her dad is like more yeah. present than her mother too. Yes. Hold on. Um, so there's mommy issues and daddy issues, as if to say mamas and papas, mamas and appas. <gasps> we did it. We already did it. It's already there. We did it. It's it's we, it's all there. It's subconscious. We are so smart. We We're didn't revealing. even do that on purpose. We did not. Hooray for Whoa. you, listener. How? Yeah, you you're listening to that <laughs> in real time. That is not why we chose this name, this but is... it is so perfect now. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> what do we okay. do? Are we done? Like, should we just um, end it? Like, like, I don't know. Just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Wow. I Got... guess we're done with the entire podcast. Cool. Yeah, we kind of accomplished it. Everything. Yeah, we kind of just did. Huh. We did it. Anyway, Perfect. I good job, team. Want to talk about? <laughs> so this this episode is also one of the saddest because. In order to tell Aang's story, we get to see the airbenders. We get to see what they were like. And this wasn't like maybe in like the first like 50 times I had watched it. But like after that, whenever I watch this flashback, I just keep thinking, I was like, they're all dead. They they were all murdered. All the everyone we see here, the people in the far distance, they were murdered. Yeah. All of those elders. 
murdered. And the the worst part is, it's like shortly after this interaction. Yeah, it's like we're watching this it iteration like days. Of they don't. Yeah, days before it happens, and they have no idea. Yeah, it's haunting. They had 100%. just started a new game. Literally, Literally, they did not. Um, and even then, the elders were saying, "Oh, a storm is coming." The they were really off <laughs> on because what could have Aang even done if he was there? And that's Katara's point, right? She's like, "Yeah, I this is really hard and awful, and I, yeah. if you were there, you would not have been able to protect them, though. Like you, it sucks that you ran away, but." you now have a chance to like actually save the world you wouldn't have been able to before and the 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 justification for like you think that that was cowardice you think that that was like bad Mm -hmm. but truth be told in the way that the history sort of unfolded Mm -hmm. if you hadn't done that that could have been it for you yeah and for the avatar like arguably the best thing you could have done was run away a thought well no it wouldn't have happened like this because huh. um, I kept thinking, I was like, okay, if he had died, then it would have gone to a waterbender. And I was like, would Katara have been the next Avatar? I was like, wait, no, that's 100 years later. <laughs> um, would Hama maybe have been the next Avatar? Ooh. Wait, who's maybe. Hama? Maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, but wait. then... <laughs> if if we're going with the next avatar was going to be from the southern tribe mm-hmm. it is this a thought wait the southern water tribe was already like in shambles though so like i think they're i weren't they trying to like yeah, they were going to kill I, all of the airbenders and then they were going to kill all of the waterbenders and then like just to like they wanted to yeah. stop this cycle right yeah so, but this was before they took all the waterbenders because okay. the airbenders were the first strike. Yeah. I forget. Who is Hama? Oh, Hama is our wonderful friend who invents bloodbending <gasps> and oh, is oh, a motherfucking. Oh, sh- that's awesome. That's not who I thought that, it was. Right. Dark witch. That's not who I, I thought oh, it was. No, no, no. That would have been fucking wild. Let's think you- about I was like, would it have been uh, Katara's grandma? Would it have been Katara's grandma? That would have been. She wasn't a bender. That's true. What about Toph's legacy? Is she the first in her family? You would assume so. Right? They don't really get into that lineage at all. Um, They don't. They get into a lot of stuff with um, her family, like in. What was the avatar? Kiyoshi. And Kiyoshi, mm. they get into like a lot of like her family name and they're fucking assholes. Uh, but they don't the mention Bayfongs. the Bayfongs. Yeah. Bayfong, Bayfong yeah. is like Daddy Bayfong is like one that of the piece of shit. Yep, fucking piece <laughs> of shit. I'm sure just like rich upper class capitalist oh, assholes. Money first, emotion second type um, guy. Yeah. That that book gets or the books get very into um, the whole capitalist mindset of uh, the Earth Kingdom, which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, but I yeah. don't think they mentioned anything about Earthbenders in that family. Or interesting. So I'm not sure. So who knows who what it would have Maybe been? Maybe they but... see it as like more of a like a peasants ability maybe like like why would i move rocks 
I just I'm doing got my something nails done. with my yeah. hands. <laughs> Uh, and then in no. comes Toph, the fucking coolest. Or oh if they God. like, the if they were the earthbenders, they would have been like sculptors, like because <gasps> that's like an art. I have often thought about all of the arts that could come out of all of the bending styles. So in our episode that we're talking about, yes, <laughs> back to um, so yeah. Uh, I like how they added, even though there's no way Aang could have known this because he had already um, ran off and escaped, but they added in his flashbacks, um, Gyatso coming back and saying, I'm not going to let them take you. Like, and so one, Gyatso knew he was watching. (laughs) Two, he wasn't going to let that happen. He just wasn't saying it to them. And so it's just like, Oh, he could have stayed. Oh, but it's good that he left. It's good that he's left. Yeah, yeah. It's good that yeah. he left. Mm-hmm. It's reassuring for sure. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. he would have already, he would have been shipped off before it happened. Or was that the same day? Mm-hmm. That was the same day. It was the same day that he was supposed think- to leave that they attacked, right? Um. Oh, not the same day. I think it we was don't like. don't know. Like, not the same day, but okay. like soon Close. after. Okay. Yeah. Here's well, because another... it was like a hundred every hundred years, Sozin's comet comes around, right? Mm-hmm. And Aang was asleep for a hundred years, and the comet is going to be there in the summer, so probably a few months a after few months. his disappearance. Oh, oh yeah, okay. that's good timeline building. Yeah. For sure. Um, another funny thing I thought of while watching this episode. So Sokka and the fishermen are definitely going to die in this horrible, horrible storm. <laughs> and so Aang and Katara go out to save them. Um, but there's like a point after they save them where like they're all underwater. They were uh, overtaken by this giant wave. And Aang like realizes it like one, everyone's like passed out, but like still holding on to Appa. So that was convenient. Um, but Aang like realizes it and he does basically well almost basically what he did when he first ran away and found himself stuck in a storm um, and I as I was watching I kept thinking I was like wouldn't it be funny if he accidentally froze them <laughs> <laughs> and they were frozen for another hundred years Jesus. I was also thinking the same thing <laughs> whoops <laughs> And they wake up, ah, oh, shit. Everything's all destroyed and everything's fire nation. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. Like, oh, my God. Egg, I can't believe you froze. Uh-oh, it that, happened again. That wah, would be wah. some Scooby-Doo level <laughs> hijinks, which would be very funny. That would be so funny. Oh, my God. Uh, also Sokka is totally a scab in this episode I was just gonna say 100% scab vibes 100% scab yeah oh you're paying time and a half and (laughs) yeah he's like yeah fuck her who cares I'll pay you're paying yeah you're paying double I didn't say that Mm. what (laughs) whatever that's how we're always screwed by capitalism (laughs) truly literally oh my god Uh, he's a big goob, but at the end of the day, they get saved, um, yeah. out in the storm. I also thought when that huge wave, I know it's like waves exist and mm-hmm. have existed, but the way it was shot, I was like, oh, whoever the story artist on this probably just watched a perfect storm. 
because of that, <laughs> I didn't think of that. <laughs> right i was just very like very perfect stormy i was like they must have just seen it because it's like that's that is a perfect storm right there i'm mm-hmm. like you know what and at that point that movie was kind of like still a conversation in like the general zeitgeist like it was still I part of culture a perfect storm in theaters it was like, a big I'm, yeah it was a big movie yeah so part of me was just like ooh, i wonder if like that's just like top of brain because they just seen it and they're like ooh, wouldn't it be a fun homage either whatever it is yes but that was a a fun little thought yeah did we cover everything we already got zuko helps uh, we got the Aang. Got Let's Aang bounce. Aang saves everybody. We got Iroh's story. We got Aang's backstory. Uh, Fisherman saved. Sokka asked for payment. He pays him in fish. Aang's again like, I'm a vegetarian. He's like, fish aren't flesh. Or whatever. <laughs> fish isn't meat. Fish ain't meat. Yeah. And then Appa shakes off on the cave entrance and they're like oh appa but <laughs> uh yeah i think that's Even it. Though, that's like, like they've all gone through like these emotional journeys i bet like they sleep for a long time oh i mean after this day the yes. the emotional and physical energy exerted they're they're gonna be resting for a good long week oh hell yeah 100 yeah it's been a rough one <laughs> um well yeah i think that's the episode wow what a good there nice, it is pivotal, there's so there's much... one of there's one of the moments there's one of the crucial pieces of the story and we are just getting started what a way to redeem the uh the so far episodes after the previous <laughs> episode like i mean if this look if I was watching this and that next episode was like also a stinker. I might have like yeah. rethought my choices like, about no, being invested. This is not a smart show. So they were like, hey, we're really sorry. Here's like, here's everything. Here's, here's everything. Or like, hey, they're like, I know, I know, I know. I know, I know that sucked. But here's <laughs> a nice one. It connects, it, it brings the story forward. It's like, oh, you get some context. There's some bending in it. You'll be yeah. happy, I promise. If you watch this one, we'll definitely give you big <laughs> chunks of backstory for the two main characters. And you're like, really? And they're like, maybe watch it and find out. And we did. And they we did. did. And you and know the- what? That's. It's hard to stay mad. Good. And it's hard to stay mad. In fact, I'm when... not. No. Mm-mm. Me neither. I mean, we got the, the gorgeous guy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he said, I don't exist in this universe. And we said, okay, maybe not. <laughs> maybe you don't, Canyon Guide, but we'll think about you <laughs> forever. This universe. Actually, I was a figment of your imagination the entire time. Am I a part of the serialized narrative? I don't think so. Do I exist? <laughs> Probably not. One random dude. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Okay, well, everyone listening, thank you so much for joining us on another thank you, gorgeous thank you. episode of The Momos and the Oppas. Music and editing by Eric LaFibri. Ooh. Artwork by David Tercero. Please do not forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us so much, and we, we love you for it. it. And remember... Uncle Ira was, was a, war a war criminal. criminal. Bye. Bye. Bye.
We'll see you next time. Just keep it in mind. This podcast has been brought to you by the Nostalgia Network. Visit the nostalgianetwork.com for more.